Welcome back to Project Process. Today I have uh, Ali here. Um, hey. Ali is a is now not a graduate student, but you, you just finished fourth year. I just finished my thesis. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, Ali, I don't even know that much about you, but you asked to be on this podcast, and I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, yeah, it was like sounds fun. Yeah, let's try it. Tell me, tell me a bit about you. Tell everyone a bit about yourself. Maybe what you're working on currently. Fair enough. Um, hey everyone, my name is Ali and uh, I'm a, a thesis student in illustration here at OCAD. I just finished my thesis actually, and which was a book to explain people's personalities. It's basically the imaginary situation of, imagine if each human being comes with an instruction manual, mm -hmm. explains their personality and how to interact with them. What would it look like? And wouldn't that just make our life easier? Because most of our problems come from miscommunication. And I'm someone who really values communication. And I really, I'm really always intrigued by people's personalities. So yeah, that's my thesis. Um, outside of school, I did a degree, like a certificate in graphic design before the illustration. Mm -hmm. I was in finance before that, but I, decided not to continue with it and currently um, alongside my graphic design illustration I'm also a vlogger on YouTube. Okay, cool. Uh, and what, what made you change from graphic design? Like, Why did you take another uh, uh, degree in illustration? Um, at that point it was very, in hindsight now I can say it's more of an explorative process. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know illustration existed. I always wanted to be involved in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, you know what? Characters have always changed my life. Um, I'm so influenced by all these Disney characters that I watched as a child. So if I wanted to help kids become the best version of themselves, I needed to go down to their level and speak their language. Right. And that's why I decided to be a character designer, even though I didn't know that such job existed at that point. So I went into graphic design, thinking it would be more illustrative and I could focus on character designs and stuff. But that, then I discovered that there's a whole field called illustration. So after graduating from graphic design, I applied for OCAD and did illustration focused on character design, only to discover, <laughs> again, that I really, um, I really like to talk and chat with people and just hear their stories, hear their experiences, and share mine, compare and learn on what we missed on, because after all, we can't experience everything. Mm -hmm. So in order to speed our growth as people, I'm always interested to hear everyone's story, mm -hmm. or and share mine at the same time, because I feel like... I can't just ask for people to give me their stories without me sharing theirs. Right. So I try to be as vulnerable as possible in my videos on YouTube or my social media. Mm -hmm. um, the most effective video that changed my life in total was actually from Snapchat that made me decide to do the YouTube videos. Um, when I decided to, on Bell Let's Talk Day, talk about, hey people, yeah, I had a somewhat of a followership, so I'm like, hey people, you think I'm cool, you like me, otherwise you wouldn't have been following me, but here's the thing, I actually have mental health struggles, I have an anxiety disorder, and and that shows you that you can never tell when someone has a mental health struggle. Mm -hmm. 
which more or less everyone struggles with. So here's my story. Here's the story of why I didn't get diagnosed earlier. Here's the story of when I got paralyzed because of it for a month and I couldn't walk. And that's what made um, my family be okay with me getting checked. So <laughs> having to go to these depths, I realized I don't want anyone to go through that experience. And that's when I did that video and I didn't expect people to react. I was terrified, <laughs> to be honest. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, people messaged me. Some of them actually saw me here the next day and they were in tears. Some of them told me how much that video helped them so much just like the effect of you know coming out videos that yeah. happen yeah but it's like i guess coming out i don't know if that's an appropriate term but like coming out is somewhat the mental health struggle yeah and but in that theme of like just placing yourself like being, yeah. being vulnerable it has a touching effect on people so uh from that i i'm a big advocate of the concept of strength and vulnerability being vulnerable always looked at as a negative thing but being vulnerable helps people makes people feel like they can relate to you and also when you're just honest and open i don't think anyone can come to you and just threaten you with things when they know that you're so comfortable with who you are and uh i, I guess uh we went on a bit of a tangent here but um what, what are your plans after, now that you've finished, uh, are you going to go more into character design? Did you kind of stumble upon something else along the way? Are you going to go like full-time YouTube or? Honestly, my dream would be, I wouldn't call it YouTube, but I would call it content creator. Mm -hmm. Whether it's on Instagram, on YouTube, I'm very active on social media. I want to take my illustration and graphic design experiences with me there. I want to do, so I started doing, um, how can I put it? When I shifted and I started doing vlogs, I missed illustration. Yeah. And when I did illustration, I missed vlogs. So I decided to combine them. So when you look at my videos and my, you can see me, for example, doing illustrations that I interact with in my videos, mm -hmm. like mini animated illustrations, like yeah. you know, like the anime shows, the fountain of tears that comes out, mm -hmm. or all these things. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully I'll be able to do more and grow my content. My first, my goal for my first year on YouTube, which I just finished, was. To just see, since you saw that I jumped so many times, would I enjoy it? Would I want to continue after a year? Because I'm someone who gets bored very quickly. Now that I finished a year and the only thing I have after I'm done with any video is like, oh my god, I finished already? I finished editing already? Oh no, I missed this already. I can't wait for next week. That's when I realized, okay, this is something I'm really passionate about. So in that regard, I think I want to do both. My ideal situation would be if I get to be a content creator, like with my videos and everything, gain a followership enough to start being able to design my own art and merchandise that also helps people. My goal is, my mission statement for my social media is hopefully I get to inspire people to be their most self-fulfilled, authentic selves. Mm -hmm. It's a mouthful, <laughs> yeah. but I couldn't put it in a more accurate way of what I dream in life. Kind of thing. And in some way, I think uh, where we're similar is like the point of this podcast, the point of the stuff that I do on, on my own social media is to inspire others in, uh, into taking an extra step to forwarding their career and everything that. And you're a great example of, of, of that, I think. <laughs> I, mean, um, I was talking to a, I was talking to a person in grade 12 and she had come up to me and uh, uh, 
she asked about OCAD and what that's like and, and all that kind of thing. And I, I told her, uh, I mean, my, mo my most honest opinion about it. And I mean, OCAD isn't exactly like uh, a, a golden star of schools, but I think at the end of the day, what I, what I told her was uh, OCAD is really what, like what you make it. And exactly. I think um, you and I are examples of someone who's who's gone through school, who's doing school, but also have taken have taken extra responsibilities on the side just yeah. to try things out. Maybe not maybe not even like a job or an internship, but just try things out. Like you tried your YouTube out. I'm trying this podcast out, and uh, and these kinds of things. Like uh, you you ran a club as well, um, and I did that with my roommate as well. And so I think like doing these extra things like really help you find like the thing that you really want to do and uh, really gives you an edge. And that's kind of like what I, what I told her. Um, I, I don't know where she's going to go, but that's kind of like the overall point of what I'm doing now. That's a great point. And also when you come to talk about extracurriculars, they're really important for a student because they really grow your network. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get out of school with saying, oh, I read so many books, but I have no network because networks, let's, let's be real, networks are what gets you the job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you don't have a network and you don't know anyone, how are you going to know where to apply or what kind of jobs, especially if you're a freelancer like me, that's even more crucial to your work. Yeah. So yeah. I agree with you fully. I started the MSA, the Muslim Student Club, with a group of people because I felt like Muslims on campus needed a safe space to go to, given that uh, the fact that someone being religious in these days is not a popular yeah. thing. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, we do blend in with everyone, we're friends with everyone, but sometimes we need our safe space where we can go and just breathe and not feel like we have to Probably be this, the superstar, the best student we can be, and, and we can just breathe, unwind, mm -hmm. and just be with the people who understand how, just like any other human being, we're, we're not perfect. Especially that there is a spotlight on Muslims mm -hmm. from the media and every step is calculated and counted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the next step was the multi-faith space where I felt like since Muslims struggle with this, most probably all other people from different faith groups actually also struggle with this. So we went and we asked the school for it. It was a bit of a struggle. It took three years of asking and asking and asking and not being heard more or less and being juggled sometimes given a, a temporary room sometimes not till we ended up with writing uh, in collaboration with the student union at OCAD uh, writing an open letter saying how we're most probably the only university in the GTA that doesn't have one and how it's a violation of human rights and that's when we got the room the next day mm -hmm. so with schools like we need to realize that schools are businesses and yeah, they want to have their priorities. Them. So sometimes you have to fight for your rights. Otherwise, you're, you're going to get stepped all over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a detail that's uh, forgotten a lot at OCAD, um, especially when uh, complaints and things are brought up. Um, to me, I think a lot of the decisions that OCAD makes are rather reasonable. Like if anyone uh, has worked with faculty before, um, I can totally understand that it's, it's very difficult and 
it's it's not like they don't want to do it like the faculty that students deal with like it's not that they don't want to help students it's like their hands are tied too just because it's such like a big system i totally understand that but like good on you for 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 getting that space for well it wasn't class. just me right right it was the whole student union backing us it was the whole group i was working with the students so i can't just claim it but yeah but a big effort on your part for sure um i think back again to the to the networking thing i think yeah i totally agree that the extracurriculars is a great way to uh boost your network especially at ocad um at ocad uh, for those you don't know, OCAD doesn't have a residence, or we, we don't have a lot of like maybe extracurriculars. Uh, extracurriculars in general, and so the ones that we do have, uh, I'd say like take advantage of those, you know, like yeah. and and we lose a lot of like uh, uh, this word that everyone talks about, community. That yeah, OCAD lacks exactly. community. Even before I came to OCAD, I I saw on forums when people were talking mm. about OCAD, like oh, like everyone is saying that OCAD lacks community. And when I came to OCAD, like, uh, I could see why someone would feel that way. There's no residence, everyone commutes, all that kind of thing. Exactly. But the moment I joined the grind, it was like, it was completely different now. Like, I had a community to be a part of and then later had the privilege to lead such a community with my roommate. And he, gets, he got an award and, for it as well. <laughs> because you're awesome. I mean, you got the same award the year before. <laughs> so, uh, I think... I think being able to find that extracurricular or that group of people at school and participating in those activities together, I think kind of eliminates that idea of like, oh, the lack of community. I think my experience was very different than yours in that regard, mm -hmm. in the sense that I, I, was, I decided I came with no community and I couldn't fit in any of those. So I had to start my own community kind of yeah and it took four years and now in my fourth year i think my community started picking up in my fourth year but the first three years i felt like it was more on the run to just build something yeah. so i might not really benefit so much from yeah. it but i yesterday i was sitting with that with the committee and the group and seeing how now they're feeling like they belong somewhere like they can connect with people some of them was very refreshing mm -hmm. and just relieving in the sense even in the sense that even if I won't hadn't experienced it, some other people wouldn't have to go through struggles I've been through. Because again, as people, as human beings, we're at the end we're just stories yeah. that, that we pass by, and if we can leave a story that can help someone live a better life, then I think that's, mm -hmm. in my opinion, my humble opinion is the best way of thinking at things, of doing things. At least it's my favorite way of doing things. So, yeah. I think a lot of people may have like, or may still be in your shoes when you, when you first came, uh, not feeling like they had a community or felt like there was a lack of community. I agree. Um, but it's commendable that you took the steps to start your own and, and, and formally create a, a, a club or a community that way. Um, I was talking with a classmate uh, about a week or two ago mm -hmm. and we were talking about how she wanted to start uh, kind of like a kind of like I don't know it's like a, a drawing kind of club or oh. a, a book like a public like an illustrative publication mm. um, not like the zine collective um, yeah I understand but but I said like hey like they 
that's totally possible. Like you can totally do it. I mean, we still have one. You still have one or two more years here. Exactly. And uh, like there are formal steps you can take to make this club happen. I'm sure Okad would be down for it. Starting and, things is not the yeah. challenge. Mm-hmm. The challenge is keeping it going. I, I, I don't know if I would agree with that. I think the the first step is the hardest for a lot of people. You know, I mean, like uh, I can even speak from my own experience with the grind. It was, it was tough getting those like first that first semester going, and like being totally new. Like I, we had no idea what we were doing. But once we got down, I mean, this year we had the grind running like pretty smoothly every week. I meant it in the sense like starting things. Um... Like sending the applica- a piece of paper with an mm-hmm. application saying, hey, we want to start a club is not yeah. that hard. But like right. keeping it going, like you said in the first semester, just figuring out all these mistakes you're going to do yeah. along the way mm-hmm. is the bigger the bigger challenge here. Because you don't know, you could do a mistake that makes everyone not want to continue. You want... In uh, in second year, we noticed, in my second year, now I'm in my fourth year, which happens, I think, around to be your first year, it's two years right. ago. Yeah. Um, we saw a boom of student clubs and people decided to start their clubs. There was the Le Rendezvous, which is the French club. There was MXD Steps, which is the dancing club. All of those, but they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, MXD was like hyperactive at OCAD and they were really great at it. And I think I heard about that club. Yeah, and they basically had an activity sometimes three times a day. <laughs> like wow. it was crazy and they had like dance pretty class. intense. Exactly. But then um, OCAT took their dance studio from them, the room they gave them to, for the dance studio, they just couldn't continue. So that was their challenge to maintain theirs. Mm-hmm. The Rendezvous was started by a French student and it was a cool product where you get to just meet other French people or people who are interested in the French culture, watch a movie, have popcorn and stuff like that and just experience the French culture. But at the same time, the challenge was the person running it was running it by herself and no one wanted to put their hand with her kind of thing. So she eventually got busy, just like everyone else. So I was lucky enough to get the support I needed. And I I really don't like to talk like I'm the one who started it it because it was a group of people who started it together. So except like all of them have graduated before me and yeah. I mean, handing in the uh, application, like the piece of papers, very simple, paperwork, whatever, right? yeah. you could do it in a day. Um, I guess what I meant was uh, having the courage to even hand in that piece of paper. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like, would someone like my club? Like, would anyone participate? Fair. You know, is this stupid? Uh, do I have time? You know, those kinds of like obstacles, um, I think are the biggest to overcome at first and and mm. to your point i mean running the club like it's not it's not easy like i uh, anna and i took like a, a day out of our week every week this year just to keep the grind running um so it took like a good chunk of our time away that's fair um, but uh but once it's gone like we're used to it um, i didn't experience that personally yeah. for the mere reason that this is my second degree and i've already been in a student yeah. club and i've been i had actually a job to supervise the muslim student clubs in montreal as right. a job after i graduated mm-hmm. so this is kind of just natural for you so for me it's like when i got here it's like how, how come we don't have it here like yeah. i've never experienced that there was a school without it before yeah. so that was like for me it was like the opposite it was like okay it should exist but it's not so let's 
let's not waste time. Let's get it started. Right. I know it works. I know people need it. I know. So I think because of that, I didn't experience that part, which is why most probably I couldn't relate to it as much. I see. I see. I, see. I mean, I, I didn't have to start it myself either. I kind of just, uh, Anna and I and, and, and a couple others, Daniel, uh, just kind of like picked up the pieces. Yeah, I was part of the stuff. grind the year yeah. before you guys came also. Mm-hmm. And I was an attendee that year. Um, I think CG and Hillary put on a, uh, mm-hmm. Agabni and, and, uh, and Krish uh, put on a, a great program that uh, definitely got me hooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess that's what uh, allowed us to keep going, I guess. Because you liked it and you benefited from it. Yeah. So I, was a, I was a little scared at the end of first year though. Like CG approached me and asked me to, to help out. The, the year after and I was I was not really ready to take on that responsibility <laughs> and so I kind of like waved it off like I'm so sorry CG I'm not going to do it but uh, uh, the following right after like after the summer Daniel approached Anna and I and a couple others to see whether we would continue it and, uh, and so we have mm. um, and I'm glad we did I, I mean I can't thank the Imagination Catalyst enough I can't yeah, thank for everyone sure. who's been at the grind everyone uh, who works at the Imagination Catalyst enough because I mean, without the grind, like really, like I wouldn't have the opportunities and the connections that I have now, for real. Yeah, true. I feel like it was just really interesting to talk to you in the sense that we have two different experiences. Yeah. Like, uh, but some similar overlaps and past. Similar overlaps, so we can compare in a relatable way mm-hmm. and learn from each other. Because, like, just like you mentioned, you about starting a club and all these things. These are experiences I couldn't relate to because I've never yeah. experienced it myself. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. It's enriching, to say the least. <laughs> and there's much more to learn from you, obviously. Um, because, like, even that you, you got the award, the student leader, the, you got it for a reason. And I think, like, most probably I'll need to ho- have a whole another sitting with you just to learn how you did things so I can learn how to develop my process of leadership and things. I mean, if you have time, we can go into that right now. I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay, Let tell me. Let's do it. I mean, I'm interested to see how you put your structure, as your team structure. How did you run? How did you run the club at all? I think, uh, in retrospect, Anna and I, we both know that uh, we could have done a better job. But uh, by the time our second year to run the grind came along, we were more prepared to just uh, keep it alive rather mm-hmm. than uh, do a mass expansion because uh, we're, we've had the pressure and we always uh, do have the pressure from ourselves and from the Imagination mm-hmm. Catalyst to expand, mm-hmm. um, but we really wanted to just at least like keep it afloat mm-hmm. um, and I really didn't have the time to uh, keep expanding it and I think where we failed a little is that we had a team to support us and help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem was that we were so focused on kind of keeping it running, we didn't know what jobs to give them. You know, okay. we didn't know what worked. Like we couldn't keep an eye on it. You know, I was very focused on making sure that the speaker series was running, that the speaker came in every week, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of thing. And Anna was uh, uh, in charge of making sure our Facebook was updated, that mm-hmm. there was, uh, uh, job postings and things like that in our in our in our community document mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, also dealing with uh, relations with the Imagination Catalyst, uh, sending adventures yeah. and all the kind of like paperwork stuff. And I was dealing with a lot of the communications 
uh, outside of uh, the grind and organizing the events that we held. And you guys ran them weekly. Yeah, and then we did that weekly. So that's it's a big deal. Like, that's it took a lot of our time. I think me personally, uh, that award, I I totally gift half of that award. I think uh, Anna deserves like half of it. Like without her, there's no way I w I could have done it. Um, I think I think I won it because she writes better on the application. Like her writing is probably better. Yeah. So I can relate to you know, like... I can relate to this fully because the same thing happened with me and Rabia. I was talking. Uh -huh. We actually were talking about this yesterday in the meeting because I'm like, "Hey, we won this award," and she's like, "No, you won it." He just called me up on the stage because, like, I felt when I got and got called on the stage, I felt like you mentioned my name, but it was unfair to the person who worked just yeah. as hard. Mm -hmm. So I had to call her and she was like, she's the shyest person on earth. Same with Anna. So she was, we have the video clip till today and you can see the frown on her face like, why did you call my name? And then she got up and she did it anyways, which I actually appreciated because I thought she had, she should have. We're nothing, we need to realize like as leaders, leaders is just people who can, I guess, make up their mind faster. That's our job it's not yeah. fancier it's not anything and we're nothing within without our team and people right that, that are behind us yeah for sure for sure yeah I, like anna props to you because man i wouldn't have won that without you and same thing to rabia able to do the grind without you uh and i think you're being harsh on yourself because keeping a club afloat while going to school and possibly you're juggling a job also like regulars and most mm -hmm. students is not easy <laughs> mm -hmm. so no it's smart that you realize okay I don't have time to expand I don't have the resources currently to expand yeah. so at least I'm gonna keep it afloat um, that's there's nothing wrong with this honestly why why go overboard mm -hmm. and over the top and then burn out and just crash if it goes out of control then what's the point, right? Yeah, yeah, I think like another pressure that we had was uh, the reason why we wanted to expand a lot was that we really saw value in the grind. Yeah. And we really saw that like this could really help some people and there's a lot of people that we did help, whether it just be the information that they got, um, some inspiration. Um, uh, some people had internships where they got real life experience from. So I think with that, I, th I think if more people knew about it and went, mm -hmm. I think they'd see the value. Um, I agree with you. I fully agree. And and we knew a lot of people knew about the grind. They just didn't know what we did, and they just like maybe they weren't able to come or whatnot. Um, yeah, but Anna usually invited every... me every week. Mm -hmm. Anna invited me every week, and every week I'm like, I'm gonna make it. But uh, the first semester happened. To, the, this the talks happened at the same time as my class, and the second yeah. semester they happened on my day off. Mm -hmm. So it was just like. Ugh. Very typically, like, once we see someone who's come to the grind and they're engaged, they usually will not leave. They usually yeah. stay for every week. Um, but uh, back to the leadership, I think I I've had other experiences, not just the grind, in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think my greatest strength really is uh, that quick decision making. I think, yeah. I, I think I could see and uh, kind of like look at all the factors involved and make a decision off of that very quickly 
and I feel that I'm rather grounded and practical and rational with my decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where I lack is the flip side of that is uh, I'm rather unemotional to it. Uh, I can be a bit cold sometimes for sure. And um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of like my leadership style. That that's I what really makes it cool. That's what makes it cool for us to talk because I'm the opposite. Yeah. I might not be the, the quickest at decision making. I, I am now, given that I have been doing these leadership things, student clubs for the last 10 years so I have experience enough to deal with student situations which makes me be able to make my mind very quickly but I'm rather more in the emotional side of leadership the motivational I care so much about personalities and mm-hmm. people which shows in my thesis like I mentioned um, I think my biggest like the thing that I try to do for my team is like even if no one showed up to our events in our clubs, I wanted to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So I told them, listen, what's your goal from joining the Muslim Student Club or the Muslim Student Association? Um, they, some of them were like, is this a trick question? So I'm like, I'm not even gonna ask you about it in the future. I'm just really honestly, I wanna provide you with a chance to get the most yeah. out of this. So for my communications coordinator, I, I asked her like, or. We had our structure was like the president, vice president, and then we had two teams: the events team and the communications team. The events mm-hmm. team is like the person who runs the events, and then the team. The communications is the person who's like has a designer, a photographer, an illustrator, and all those, and and they work to get together to run events and market for events and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And. I literally t- went to the communications team. I'm like, listen, guys, tell me if you need anything. Even if you need a specific workshop to learn a skill set, I can check with my network outside of OCAD and bring you someone who will teach you that skill set. Yeah. That will benefit you in your life. It doesn't have to be for the Muslim Student Club. Or, like, even if I can teach you myself, I can. And uh, next year, the, the Muslim Student Club, I don't know whether if I'm in Canada or not. I don't know, but uh, if I'm here, I'm going to be participating in their educational series where they want to give classes for first-year students about how to learn Illustrator and the Adobe Suite and mm-hmm. the architecture program. That's really good. Um, should have them talk to the grant. I think the grant will work with them. We that. can, yeah, definitely they can collaborate and I'll mention it uh, for sure. Because like giving these, class, giving these classes will be really helpful for students. We come in our first year, we don't know that we're expected to know this before coming yeah. and <laughs> we get shocked. Um, I remember my first day of school, the teacher gave us a Photoshop assignment and I'm, uh, I have a graphic design degree, so it was not a problem, but all these students like, are you going to show us how to use the program? She's like, yeah. this is not my problem. You guys need to know this. Mm-hmm. And the assignment was doing six hours mm-hmm. from Shushi, and which I found really unreasonable because you expect someone to learn a program software in six hours yeah. and do an assignment. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was in those shoes as well, but my assignment wasn't due in six hours. I just, oh, I, I was one of those lucky ones who switched the section, but the others told me that they struggled so much with that teacher who like, had very unreasonable expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think our structure for the grind was, uh, Anna and I would make the, the decisions. I would uh, cover communications, you would cover uh, more of the back-end things, mm-hmm. um, organizational, uh, stuff yeah. uh, 
but we had a team, as I said before, behind us uh, that would uh, that would help us out. Um, I think notably Jesse, Natalie, uh, Daniel, Kyle, uh, Frankie, a little bit. Uh, Roshan, he was a constant member. Like he came every single week, yeah. but uh, he never really expressed interest in, in kind of helping out until mm. the very end. Uh, we ran a competition where we uh, had four teams. Uh, we gave out a thousand dollars in prizes. Ooh. Uh, for kind of like an uh, for them to come with a business idea in mm-hmm. three, basically two days. Yeah. Maybe less, and pitch it to uh, two judges. Yeah. And so at the end of it, uh, we were all talking, and Rashawn, uh, I guess he got some real value out of this competition, and really was excited about it, and uh, and then he expressed interest in kind of like helping out with the grind the following year, awesome. and so uh, now uh, Anna and I have decided to pass on the grind to Natalie and Rashawn. <sighs> the hardest part of the job. <laughs> I I think Anna and I have kind of like. Uh, more of like a sigh of relief um like since the beginning of the year we were already looking for someone who could take it on like we both didn't really want to take it on in our fourth years yeah um i think it'd be a little too much on our 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 plate yeah as well as kind of uh you know when you've done something uh like a couple of times you're ready to like move on even though i see great value in the grind like i'm no, ready just like giving on. your baby to someone else yeah that part <laughs> i see Oh, I have, I have confidence in Natalie and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Rashawn will take it further. They're both much more ambitious with the expansion than we were. And I'm sure they'll uh, keep what we have afloat. For me, I personally, I started with the plan that I will not be president till third year. Mm-hmm. For the main reason that I thought I had more experience with these kind of things than the rest. So I wanted to be president the year before my last to make sure to rectify any mistake any other presidents have before me, the ones who were doing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So they get to learn from the experience, but then like I can, we can't keep the... Balance it out. Yeah, so I stayed in a vice president role kind of thing till my third year when I became president. But at that year, there was no one running anyways. And uh, my plan was like to be president in the third year. So in the fourth year, I can give it to someone will continue and I'll be there to just watch from the sides and if there is any need for me to intervene or to help them keep going if they need help. So we established another structure that year called the Board of Advisors. It's basically all the ex-presidents in a directory where, where the presidents can go back to see what they did and everything. And if they need to contact them or they're contacting for they need to contact them for help it was like oh how did you do this how did you do that or we need your opinion on this this is going wrong or something teach us uh, or talk to us and we found it beneficial especially this year it's, this is the second year it's running so on the board right now there's one the three ex-presidents basically and Sometimes, some if they're still students, they attend the meetings. If they're not students, they're within a phone or a Facebook message reach. So that was also great and helpful for us. And, I mean, we don't have it, like, so formal, but uh, but we've told Natalie and, and Rashawn that uh, if you need, have any questions, feel free to reach out mm-hmm. in, in your coming years. Um, but we also put together kind of like a guidebook for them. So just a, a Google Doc of everything that we did, how did we run it on a week-to-week basis, everything mm-hmm. we have to do. All that kind of stuff, and and they can like it's their baby now. You can do whatever yeah, you want with it. Exactly. Um, but this is what we did, and maybe this could help you out. 
exactly. That's what yeah. we've like prepared for them. And we'll see whether that works. We don't know yet because it's kind of like the first year where we're passing it on. Um, they are good people. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're my friends. I'm biased, but mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. No, I trust them. Yeah. And you'll be. They will make you proud. Um, same thing. I got to witness Rabia running the MSA this year. Um, I uh, now I'm seeing Ahmed running the MSA, even that he was not part of my team. Mm. Um, it's one of the recruits that we made that year, just as a member, a coming member, and just like Roshan, he eventually showed showed interest, and he became vice president last year and ran it with Rabia, and this year he's the president. And I really see how things are run differently than how I did, yeah. and not in a bad, in a good way, because MSA like any student club or a community or building needs these different perspectives and different personalities to run it for the mere reason that we only each of us has a mold of what they can do they put a brick and some cement for the next president to put like his brick and his cement and yeah. that's how we build it mm -hmm. so if i focused on recruitment or if I focus on the multi-phase space on my year, just to have that safe space, uh, Rabi and Ahmed focused on recruiting people who can use that space or letting the people who need that space that it exists and is available. Right. And then most of maybe the year after it, the person will come who will maybe take care of the financial side of making right. more, maybe fundraising for the club and mm -hmm. so on. What's, what's your plan for after this? How do you plan to expand your leadership after the grind? Um, to be honest, after this past summer, I uh, wanted to stay away from working in, in teams for a bit. Mm -hmm. um, the grind still ran, I mean, that yeah. was still something that I was doing. Um, I was still in a team, and so, uh, uh, but I was working with another group of individuals before. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of uh, see what I could do on my own for now. Mm -hmm. um, and now with the grind off my hands, I can really just do my own thing. and. Yeah, I'd really like to explore, to be honest, just on my own, what I can do on my own terms mm -hmm. and by myself. And uh, unless an opportunity arises, then I, I, I don't really foresee me working in a team uh, in the future. Um, I think what I'd like to do, I guess, in, in, the, in the near future would be to kind of more take a, uh, if I were to help someone out, be more of like an, an advisory role. Fair. Like if someone wanted to grab my insights, I'd be totally open to talking to you. Mm -hmm. If you want to dig into any of my past experiences, I would love to talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of thing. But on uh, as a focus, I'd just be doing my own work, really, and, and just trying to. Uh, as I said, I'm a practical person, and so I'm, I'm looking to find real work. So, what uh, kind of work are you hoping to make to do after? Um, like what's your goal like long term? Probably to work at a media company or an advertising agency mm -hmm. doing motion graphics or videography. Mm -hmm. uh, right now I haven't done a lot of videography simply because I don't have a camera and uh, I mean I could rent it mm -hmm. um, but it is a little inconvenient so mm -hmm. I haven't done a lot of that work and I could do a lot of motion graphics on my own on my computer. Yes. So that's what I've been doing. Um, yeah, I do want to move into videography. I'm thinking of buying a camera. So, yeah, and that's kind of the direction I'm, I'm going in. Um, I have a couple friends who are doing their own like design firm, graphic design firm or whatnot. Mm -hmm. 
And so I've been kind of hanging out with them, keeping an eye on them, and kind of just, uh, if they need anything, they, they feel free to ask me, and that's what I've told them to do. Um, so occasionally they, they come for some advice or whatever it is, but, um, and this, I mean, doing this podcast, doing that's pretty cool, whatever yeah. I'm doing on Instagram, that's kind of like my own project. Mm. And so I hope to like inspire other people to start their own projects and things. Like, I think, I think the biggest reason why I wanted to do this was, uh, and I've said this before for anyone mm-hmm. who's, who's listened before is, um, like I looked at my Instagram and I said like, Hey, like I'm just doing motion graphics and like putting illustrations up on Instagram like that's cool and all but like what's that really giving to everyone who's watching I mean yeah where, where's the real value like what value are they, are they getting from it and so I wanted to give more value to the people I knew and so uh, I decided to start the podcast decided to change up the stuff that I put out on Instagram and that kind of thing and just talk about my experiences um, and I stress not from like a high level but from like this is what I've gone through and this is what I'm going mm. through right now and maybe you can get something out of it. Maybe you can relate to it. Yeah, maybe you can relate to it, like similar to your Bell Let's Talk video, mm-hmm. something like that, right? Yeah. Just to uh, inspire the folks around me, um, that kind and of thing. A year later, now that I, I've been doing basically what you're doing through YouTube, and now a year later, now that I finished the year, I'm, I'm more focused on just how can I grow and not just be not present the same thing mm-hmm. over and over you know what I mean that uh, like if I did uh, videos where I spoke in earlier how can I make them how can I increase the production value and make it more enjoyable for the person so they don't feel like oh my god we're staying here for so long um, because we're in the age of internet and everything is like at light speed yeah so even that the, the video is like a minute long it could feel like it's dragging so how can I mean, so I, I learned, I took a class in video editing and stuff. I learned how to use cameras. Uh, I started inserting my illustrations and interacting with them to make it more visually appealing. And now I'm trying to collaborate with different people to gain their experiences. I've, I just finished my campaign called hashtag month of firsts, mm-hmm. where I decided for a whole month, which is the month of March to try things for the first time. Yeah. So I did my first gallery show. Mm-hmm. I went to my first music concert. Um, oh my god, so many firsts! I've tried Fo uh, for the first time. Yeah. That's good stuff. Which was cool, and I, oh, they're all documented. And I post on social media. I was like, "Hey guys, uh, okay, I, I tried this and I didn't like it. I tried this and I loved it." And just like how these experiences enrich our lives so much, and I just felt like I can tell people, hey, try new things, or I can do it and show them how interesting and how much life-changing it is, life-altering it is, that they would be interested in doing it themselves and showing them that me personally, Ali, a student who has nothing on them, who is just the same like them, I'm not cooler, I'm not better, maybe a little better looking, just kidding, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah. Other than that, um, no, um, showing them that someone, one of them, someone like them is doing these things is, I think, what makes people want to do more. Mm -hmm. Because we always think, like, we hear this grand hero did this, Mm -hmm. this master Mm -hmm. did this. Mm -hmm. That just makes it so intimidating for us to start things. Yeah. So, um, I think that's what it is. It just starts 
something that you're passionate about and share it and people will follow. Um, my biggest project so far is called Kashkul. It's a col- adult coloring book, yeah. you know, the, the stress relieving ones. And yeah. it started as a joke, as a total joke. Yeah. Someone on social media, my project partner, who I didn't even know at that time, saying, carrying one of those and saying, oh my God, <laughs> imagine if they come in, in a theme after our culture. I'm from Bahrain. Yeah. And Bahrain is basically as a country that's smaller than Toronto. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting to have something based on our culture and that's not government made. And I looked at her and I told her, I just went to her DM and I was like, I know you don't know me, but let's do this. Let's make it a real thing. I'm an illustrator. Let's do this. And we decided to empower people. So the fact that we just put the framework, we put a call to action for all these young artists and 27 young artists came and participated in that book each in their own style and their own thing and then when we put the book together and time for printing came he's like how many do we print and i'm like man i don't know maybe a hundred yeah it's a coloring book who'd buy it mm-hmm. and it's not like we're a publishing company right she's like no i have faith and she printed two thousand copies on her own expense okay and we sold out sold out that's sick that's insane and that shows you like us students can do it yeah i think i think talking about these experiences really pushes inspires someone to to continue their what they want to do or even start i think that's where we have a lot of overlap like Mm -hmm. me and you is that um i like i want to push people to do that kind of thing and and you've obviously done that before and mm-hmm. you're still doing it so yeah all hand to you man well to you too you can't just give me props without giving it to yourself right you, the, your whole podcast your whole grind you've been inspiring people for the whole year just changing their lives giving them speakers that's from different points of view from different experiences each of them just like looking at the topics you guys presented this year, because Anna didn't just put the come there's a speaker, but like this there's the speaker. This speaker is coming, and he this is his background, mm-hmm. and this is what he can teach you. Yeah. So people know when they are interested in a topic or not. It shows you like how much you guys were organized and how you guys know from the turn back or turn back turnout. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you guys were actually doing change here, mm-hmm. and not just in the school, but in students and their lives and daily lives and their future hopefully right. so you can't just give props to me without giving it to yourself thank you uh if there's i always ask this of my of my of my guests um if is there something that you would want to say to our audience uh, most of them are probably people who go to ocad um uh anything like a, a quote a, wor- a word of wisdom from yourself anything that you'd like to share uh, a word of encouragement anything a word of wisdom. <laughs> I like how you assume I'm, I have wisdom in me or something. <laughs> but uh, honestly, the thing that touched me the most was a really small thing from a high school student. Well, was a high school student at that point. Mm-hmm. I was watching the Ellen Jenner's show and there was Hi- Haley Steinfeld. Are you familiar with Hi- Haley yeah. Steinfeld? She's from the Pitch Perfect series. And she was hosted as a guest that day at the Ellen Show because she was on the cover magazine and she's like, Haley's the new cool or something. Yeah. And she's like, but I don't think I'm cool. 
and that's when Ellen literally said it and it was such a shocker for me. It's like, well, cool people don't think that they're cool. They're, they just do their thing. And I know in an age where social media is really pushing us to try to look like the back, that we're all trying to be the best new thing and the big new thing. Um, it honestly doesn't pay up. And I'm saying this from experience because I've tried it myself. I really wanted to be the big new thing. And even that I had a followership at some point on YouTube, whether it's as small as I had, still felt so lonely. As much as I love the camera, I felt lonely because it felt like, hey, I'm trying to gain acceptance of people here. But the moment I did a shift of perspective, given that I listened to that, it just was like a, a wake-up call where I learned to, to love myself, where I learned to just love my craft. And that's when actually things changed so much. My career changed. My clientele increased. Um, because now people see the value of what I give and not, oh, here, please make me famous. Yeah. So I really hope, and it's really honestly my biggest concern at the moment is like, I'm scared that I would go back into that numbers game where I just yeah. want to be famous or something. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that it doesn't happen, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows in the future, people change every day. So, uh, even that I said my mission is to make people be as authentic as possible and happy with themselves as possible. I'm not immune to getting full of yeah. myself and <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, easier said than done. The same thing goes for me as well. I mean, it's, it's, I don't wake up every day like inspired to, to get on my computer and start working, but, um, but that's something I wish upon all of us. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, thank you for having me. And we'll, uh, I'll put uh, Ali's information uh, in the description, his YouTube channel, his Instagram, everything. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye-bye.